Bop, bop, bop. Do you know what's quite funny, right? What? This t-shirt looks like it's fucking ancient. It looks like I've had it for ages. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I paid for it to look like this. And you know what? I hate myself for it. <laughs> <laughs> to clarify, I didn't pay for the t-shirt to look like this. I just bought it this way, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah the I got way it you from, worded it was really it weird. Urban Outfitters. Which was sketchy because they hate the gays, but uh, <laughs> you know it looked nice. I was just in there having a look. I actually thought like the way you described it, I was like, oh, he bought a t-shirt and then he asked somebody to. I guess what's the word for it? My sleeve alone. Nah, did I just want to feel you? That's all it was. Yeah, I paid for someone to like fucking vintage it. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably a service. If no one's fucking thought of that, that's oh, mine. it definitely is. It's not distressing. Fucking TM and the little scene that. Nah, dude, that's definitely already a thing. I'm afraid. It's dis- distressing. But I'll turn you my ground. I just realised it was the wrong way. Ah, hello, hello, hello. It's, <laughs> it's very early morning. We were very stressed out. It's, there's, there's police outside my house. Lots of police outside his house. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he has held me hostage for the past 24 hours. So how is you live in the ghetto? <laughs> it's like, you live in the ghetto? <laughs> I live in the ghetto. This, are you fucking kidding? This is the ghetto. <laughs> I live in the nice bit of the ghetto, but it's the ghetto nonetheless. We we had a, a like bug exterminator guy come into our house, and he referred to this area as the gift that keeps on giving. What a, this area? A bug exterminator. Govan Hill. Govan Hill is. He called it the gift that keeps on giving, and then he also said, "I love doing my job because I used to kill things as a wane for fun, and now somebody pays me to do it." He was for Figgy Park. Of course, he's from fucking <laughs> Fergus Lee Park. <laughs> Paisley, man. I okay, love that guy, man. I love, as much as he was terrifying as fuck because he was from Fugie Park and telling us how much he loved killing things, I actually enjoyed having that guy in my house. That's nice, man. It was very entertaining. You got bugs? We did have bugs. This was, oh man, this was like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. Nah. I can't remember. It was during while we were all dying from COVID. So we had like, you're a strange man in your house in the end times. In the end times, during the end times, and oh. we survived it. I don't know about him. He might have died. He might have died. Maybe dead. So we maybe someone killed him for money. <laughs> <laughs> he was for Figgy Park, so it's kind of understandable. True. It yeah. happens all the time. So we we there was we lifted up the cat's bowl to clean it, and we found like bugs underneath. And it was like little larva, larva, larvae. Larvae. So larva. we were like immediately like, we've got fucking maggots. Like <laughs> going berserk. Because like, I've never seen them. I've seen like one maggot in my entire life. Do you know what I mean? Like maggots yeah. aren't a thing I come across very often because I'm not really around dead things that much. Just whenever you go to like Slipknot concerts, there's fucking hundreds of them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Duality and shit. So we freaked out. Thinking that we were like infested with maggots, ripped the kitchen out, like pulled the cooker out and stuff, and there was like there was loads of these little things, yeah. fucking loads of them. So I absolutely like bleached the shit out of our kitchen, like everywhere, like the entire kitchen was ripped out and bleached. And then we started finding them like in random places in like the living room and stuff. Oh my god! So we were like freaking out. So yeah. we ph- phoned the landlord and we're like, "Yo, we definitely have maggots." So they sent a guy out. Or we took pictures of it, sorry. I sent it to the landlord and the landlord sent it to the exterminator and they're like, nah, you're good, you don't have maggots. You've got carpet bugs. So, carpet bugs, before they're bugs, are little maggot-looking things. Of course. Because that's how how it fucking works. Yeah. So, exterminator guy came out, told us that he kills things for fun, uh, called Govan Hill the gift that keeps on giving because... He's basically admitted that he will never be out of a job <laughs> staying in this area. <laughs> he was telling us that all sorts of shit that he's found. Like, I didn't even know you could get cockroaches in Scotland. But yeah. that that man confirmed he yeah. has killed many cockroaches. Yeah, they disappear, man. That's they insane to me. I don't think I've ever seen a cockroach in my fucking puff. Not here. I've seen them abroad. Like in like hotels and that. Right, right, right. Okay. Playing some, put, yeah, stay in some really go, places. Go stay somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> no, like Tenerife has loads of them. Like it's just a thing on the island. Like they just they just exist. It's just normal. Yeah, yeah. Fucking. Because it's like volcanic and shit, probably. Is it like the heat? 
The, I don't know what cockroaches like. I don't know. It is like an actual volcanic it. island. Like Mount TD is a volcano. Mount TD is. Yeah. Like, like Mount, stop Mount, being no. such an asshole. No, Mount TD. Mount TD. I said Mount TD is. Ah, oh, <laughs> see, fucking space. <laughs> Hit the space bar when you talk. Sorry. Hit between words. I will speak like this. Thank you. Be for you. Be you know have a noticed? computer generated <laughs> voice, please. The thing that's annoying me the most about knowing that there's all that drama out there is uh, I keep looking outside the windows. My, my, well, my windows are fucking manky. Your windows are bogging. My window cleaner has broken both of his feet. No! Yeah, Did he my, fall off his ladder? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my fucking homemade Ronnie. Like, his, uh, yeah, he broke Game his... Wilson, bro. <laughs> Broke his feet. Sorry, Ronnie. I hope you're okay. <laughs> That's um, so unfortunate. A guy showed because he does the he does the windows up at the shop as well. And the like, same guy. Yeah, I, I just asked him one day. I was like, "Here, do you cover this area?" He was like, "I live down there." I was like, "Cool, do I do my windows?" You come do my windows, <laughs> mate. He does my windows like, <clears throat> every couple of weeks. And um, yeah, it hadn't been for a while. And then like some random guy came in with like a bucket and like all the stuff. And I was like, "Here, yeah, mate." Alright, who are you? <laughs> I was like, I'm Ronnie Jr. I was like, are you Ronnie? And he was like, Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with Ronnie. Ronnie's uh, broke his feet, and he's gonna be action for me. And I was like, no Out of action, way, man. I've subbed <laughs> in. They no, brought me off uh, the bench. Now I've got Big Jim. Big, Big Jim's Jim. fucking sound, man. Jim and Ronnie, man. I can't know Jim from like a past life though. Like he looks so familiar. Oh really? Yeah. Next time I see young, I'm like, here, are you from Brighton? Because I guess it's actually from Brighton. Oh, <coughs> right, right, right. <clears throat> I do think so. I think. I, so shit like that happens to me all the time. Like there's a boy that works in the co-op round at Mabbit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen him. He's like a kind of older guy, and he's got like tattoos in his hands and stuff. Shortish hair, a bit of stubble. Aye. Yeah. Looks like he has been in jail. Yeah. So he looks so much like the janitor that used to work. <laughs> not to stereotype. <laughs> no, not to. But it looks like from prison. Prison fucking gym. Prison he, gym. He looks so much like the janitor that used to work in the university when I worked in the university for a couple of months. <sighs> to the point where I actually walked up to him and said, mate, is your name Michael? And he just looked at me like I was a fucking asshole. He was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the name tag, son. Just go six inches down and you'll see that my name is not fucking Michael. His name is definitely like James. Gonzalez or something. Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just, I was so fucking, like, I was so convinced that I fucking asked him if his name was Michael. I was so convinced. You 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 shot your shot. I shot my shot. I wanted to just hang out with him because I loved that janitor. Right. Do you want to fucking get into this? This episode sixty fucking three or whatever it is. Yes, of sir. The Dead End Friends podcast where we do things and know nothing. And <laughs> I've not had my granola yet, and I really fucking want my granola. So I'm going to fucking hurry up. <laughs> right. This is part two of the Denver Airport. Last week we covered. Part last week we covered. Um, just the kind of background of Denver International Airport. We talked about uh, Lucifer, who I'm terrified of. We talked about the gargoyles. Haunts me in my sleep. Lucifer. Lucifer, honestly. And then we also talked about the involvement of the Freemasons. <clears throat> so this week, we're going to be looking at one more thing that is surface level, and then everything is going to be below surface after that. So to roll right back into it, we're going to be talking about the different weird-ass murals that are dotted throughout the airport. So, this, again, like I said last week, this article that I am, our source is by Colin St. John. It is on Thrillist. I will, like, link it in the Spotify episode if anybody wants to go and have a look for themselves. But you don't need to because I'm literally going to read it verbatim. And uh, put it in the YouTube as well. I know. Just Just for completionist's sake. You're welcome, Colin. I knew Leo Tanguma, in fact. I promoted him for the murals, Peña says, of a pair of diptychs that have been linked to the apocalypse, apocalypse, fascism, and just about every other evil under the Colorado sun. So Peña is the nun who was part of the committee. <laughs> right. for I forgot that as well. I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> Lydia Peña. So I'll go back to that so you just know who I'm talking about. Oh. Because I had directed the Beaumont Art Gallery, I knew contemporary artists in the city and he was one of them. I knew his work and I knew it was about peace and justice and those issues are very important to me as a sister of Loreto. And of course, anyone who has worked on issues of justice knows that they can be very controversial. 
So this is exactly what happened with Leo Tanguma's murals, Pena surmises. For me, they are a great expression of justice and promotions of justice. Montgomery agrees with Pena's sentiments, pointing out the plaques beside in peace and harmony with nature and children of the world dream of peace. The one for children of the world reads candidly that it is a wonderful mural expressing the artist's desire to abolish violence in society. No, nobody ever looks at the artist's statement, says Montgomery. The conspiracy people will look at these and say it's showing fire and destruction and the new world order and the collapse of society and civilization. So this is the one that's the guy with the gas mask, right? Pretty sure. Like the, the soldier with the gas mask. Oh, I put my photo over there. Oh, rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. So children of the dream the dream of peace. Oh, no, no. That's not that one. That's <clears throat> what it just looks like. It's just a bunch of children fucking fighting each other. And then there is the like, end piece of Govern Hill on a Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> right, where am I going? <coughs> when I asked Pena if the commission dictated what the artist produced, she denies it, saying, Artists need to be free to create, not to be told exactly what to do. Montgomery concurs, The city doesn't dictate what a final piece looks like. They dictate what the type of concept type of the concept is. So we selected a muralist and this is what he came up with. Children of the world. I think this is the one with the gas mask, is it not? Show me the picture, you son of a bitch. Oh, that's good. Oh, it just took you to another Just article. took me to another article and not the... <sighs> right, children of the world. Let me go and actually get up. So we can... Children... Of the world mural, yeah, Oh, they've tagged in. <gasps> huh? Oh, they've tagged in. Is that a shift change? Do you think I could just ask them what's going on? Like, probably not. <laughs> like, can I live across the road? Like, you need to tell me for like um, safety. Safety of the. Did he hide my guns? Yes. Children of the World has proven to be the most contentious and well startling. It features a soldier that looks a whole lot like a Nazi wearing a gas mask. And many wonder just what it's doing in a busy American airport and what it might signify. The children are living in a world that does have war and violence and a lot of bad things, but they're dreaming of a world where that doesn't exist and the world is cohesive and peaceful, explains Montgomery, echoing Tanguma's own words as well as Pena's. Montgomery says Tanguma doesn't like to talk about the murals anymore and my own attempts to communicate came up dry. Still, he admits, in today's environment, would we have a soldier on a mural? It might not be selected today, but it was selected in the early 1990s. Throw in a letter from a child who died at Auschwitz, painted into the lower right corner of one of the panels, and you're in conspiracy nirvana. They just, they fucking, they just gave too much. Yeah. And they're trying to, it's almost just like, I think the reason that the conspiracies get so much traction is because there's just so much they need to explain away. Yeah, and I think it's because it almost, not that it mirrors real life now or like the future or whatever, but like, it almost looked like it was doomsday predictions when like you actually stand back and look at all these murals, mm. people are like, Why? Yeah. Why? Mm. Sorry, I'm finishing my coffee. One person who sees Tanguma's murals from a more wicked angle is Dr. Leonard Horowitz, a former dentist who now dedicates his life to the dangers of drugs and their implications for population control, or or as he puts it, a Harvard trained public health expert and media persuasion analyst. I already hate this guy. Dr. Horowitz and I email several times about the Tanguma murals. He isn't forthcoming at first, and he asks me more questions than I propose to him. Eventually, he opens up joking the murals, joking of the murals. Are we flying the friendly skies here? He goes on, a Nazi gas-masked alien generating a rainbow <laughs> with the swish of his Muslim <laughs> saber sticking the Christian dove of peace. In the background, you have mostly ethnic faces mourning among bomb buildings. 
Remember, I published this three months before 9-11. God damn. There's so much going on in that sentence, man. It was a, it was a big sentence. They just said all the words. He just threw all of the racial profiling in there. Just to like, it was almost like a blanket statement to be like, how racist can we go by one painting? Yeah. There's a guy now. I'm so distracted this morning. Oh man, so there's a guy now questioning the police. (laughs) This is more interesting than this. Oh, I love it. I love drama. Can you let Govan Hill is the, the gift that keeps on giving. Like said, she's a man. fucking loud mouth. I can hear her. How? I'm here. How can you hear anything when I'm here? I, I just phase you out. <laughs> <laughs> just, you're just white noise at this point. <laughs> Things really get intriguing when Horowitz sends me excerpts from said published material, Death in the Air. In it, he discusses the murals as depicting genocide that particularly affects black and Hispanic people and dedicated by largely secret masons. The Nazi alien symbolizes the Nazi fascist links between contemporary population controllers and the military petrochemical and industrialists accountable for Hitler's rise of power. Horowitz writes, the capitalism, the capitalization, punctuation and emphasis are his. Elite global industrialists, including the Rockefeller family in America and the Royal Family of England, were primarily responsible for eugenics. The first racial hygiene experiments pioneered in America against black and mentally retarded people. Jesus. Yo. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) Via via our emails, I ask if the funky artwork at DIA could just be coincidental. If it smells like a skunk and looks like a skunk, it's not a gopher, he writes in an email. You can tell uh, you can tell so much that he's white. Like why are you talking like that? I hate this guy. Why are you talking like that? This if it smells a like a skunk asshole. and looks like a skunk, it's not a gopher. What do you mean by that? Just talk. Just say words that actually make sense. What the fuck is wrong with you? Guys are sucker. The elements here reflect the circumstances in current geopolitics. The images here make it pretty certain there is a commercial enterprise that relishes these images. Too many coincidences to not give a reasonable, intelligent investigator probable cause to conclude something more than coincidence. Tanguma is not a suspect, he is a witness. His art is evidence. Who paid for it and what was their motivation for commissioning this precise pattern of images that tell a very clear story? This time, he doesn't end his sentence with a question mark. could you imagine just waking up in the morning and just like that is just like your first thought no like i I woke (laughs) up this morning i woke up this morning being like right how many more fucking iron nuggets do i need in minecraft (laughs) (laughs) gonna give me a fucking brain aneurysm man (sighs) oh right now we're gonna go into the bit that i know you've been looking forward to doing my god there's so much here this is, this is the bit that you get stoked on, isn't it? I get stoked on most of it. I like imagery, so I really enjoy all the stuff above the uh, above the ground. Um, like so, I think the the bit that you have spoken about so far is is my bit because I love that. I love the I love that art makes people think all these mental things and there's yeah. like, like little subtle nods to this, that, and the next thing that's just gone totally nuts. Yeah, but that's been so fucking interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, cause imagine. You know, yeah. like imagine that this next bit was out all a real thing. You know, <laughs> I mean, I know it's a real thing, but like, it was the way that conspiracy theorists thought it was. Oh right. So the last, the last section, I guess, of the last size of Manhattan that we're going to talk about on the Denver airport is the secret tunnels. Now this shit does get me juiced. Anything I actually saw about. Denver Airport. I wanted to know more and more about the tunnels, what they're there for, who used them. Because I mean, a lot of names have been thrown around as people who have used these secret tunnels. Yeah, it's nuts. 
wild. If a Masonic tablet or gargoyles or the demonic demonic horse or Tanguma's murals do indicate the workings of a secret society or signal the coming of an apocalyptic event, then what of it? Why pepper DIA with them? Many believe that the building itself is a gathering place for governmental officials and the global elite in case of nuclear Armageddon, widespread biological warfare, or will any cataclysmic reckoning, aliens, zombies, bears, oh my, Horowitz claims. <laughs> is it oh my in there? Did you oh my's it? there. Ah, uh, as if it's fucking. With an The Wizard of point. Oz, I hate it. <laughs> Horowitz claims to have seen secret underground tunnels adorned with artwork presumably for the purposes of giving the rich something pretty to look at while the rest of the world decomposes. Did you read or hear anywhere that I was there on day three of the airport's opening when the luggage operators and trams were not working, he asked me. No, I did not hear that. Passengers were directed through tunnels containing some of the finest gold leaf mosaic artistry I have ever seen. Artwork that makes Tanguma's beautiful murals pale by comparison. Thereafter, when the trams began operating, those alternate passageways were closed. Why do you believe airport financiers would spend vast fortunes commissioning art that travellers would never more see? When I asked, what you doing? He's up. Gary thinks he is a fucking PI. He's gonna crack the case. Oh, he's even standing there with his hands behind his back. Oh my lord. When people with lanyards. I'm just confused. People with lanyards. Are they not like investigators? Like they're just beat cops that are there. Yeah. People with lanyards are people who are actually investigating, surely. Have you watched a police show? <laughs> When I ask Pena if she knows of any secret underground shelters or shafts, she says, no, I don't. Montgomery explains why, even if he's asked to, he can't give full tours of the lower levels, which have, which some have postulated to contain command terminals or even a FEMA concentration camp. What the fuck is a FEMA concentration yeah. camp? Or F-E-M-A. Let me just look that up. Quickly. Oh, they're taking down the tape now. What the fuck? Shit, okay now. Yeah, they're over it. Come on, come on, come on. FEMA. FEMA. Around the country, a conspiracy theory about the government constructing secret concentration camps is taking a new life. Holy God shit. Damn. <gasps> The FEMA camp's conspiracy theory is a belief, particularly within the American patriotic movement, that that the United States Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA for short, is planning to imprison US citizens in concentration camps following the imposition of martial law in the United States after a major disaster or crisis. Holy shit. That's nuts. Wowza. Excuse me. Uh, Where the fuck was I? Even when we take reporters or TV crews into the secured parts of the building, you just can't take people everywhere. It's either not safe or there's a security reason, so no matter what, there's always something you can't show somebody. Do you know what that that really reminds me of? Have you ever heard that story of H.H. Holmes? H.H. Holmes is the guy who built the murder hotel. Yeah. That's what that reminds yeah. me of. Is not one not one person apart from H. H. Holmes under actually understood the layout Luke. of his house. Because when it was getting built, he would get like labourers in and then he would kill the labourers and get new labourers in to build a different part of the house. So nobody actually knew the full layout of the house other than him because he had so many different people working on it. I always forget H.H. H. Holmes as an actual... We should talk about him in the future. H. H. The H.H. The H. H. Holmes story is one of the most interesting serial killer madmen stories I have ever heard in my life. It was like... was it like the 1800s or some shit? It was like real, real long time ago. But that's what this reminds me of, is it's almost just like we can't let people in everywhere because then people will be able to map it all out. Whereas if we just like let some people in some parts and other people in other parts and there's going to be no way we're 
that can all be mapped out by like one person so scary that's madness that's what it super reminds me of uh the airlines lease space lease space from us so they have a lot of office space workspace down in the tunnels that is their space not ours because they pay for it montgomery it should be noticed here has a noted here has a tough job I get in touch with the man responsible for the structure itself, Curtis Fentress, the CEO and principal in charge of design for Fentress Architects. His firm took over the building of DIA with its groundbreaking fabric roof design, which not only became a symbol of the airport, but also by estimates chopped months off construction by way of cutting 200,000 pounds of steel and 200,000 cubic yards of concrete from the previous plan. Holy shit. Peña recalls that the primary plan her group eventually rejected called for something resembling an ancient Mexican pyramid. If there are a lot of conspiracy theories now, imagine what a Mayan temple design would have sparked. (laughs) Could you imagine? Oh my god. Just a guy at the top, like, fucking (laughs) beckoning to the sun god. (laughs) Yeah, that's not creepy. That's that's I ask him bluntly if there are any underground tunnels or secret bomb shelters and I receive an astonishing reply. Well, I really can't speak of it. Fentress tells me over the phone, I'm sworn to secrecy. He either has a dry, a humour as dry as the Denver air or he's not kidding even a little bit. Unprompted, Fentress goes further. I understand they're going to be creating a tour of some of the underground facilities in the future at DIA. I just heard that last week, says Fentress, who has worked on many airports besides Denver. Then he makes an unexpected comparison. When you go to Moscow, you can go down in the area where they were poised to launch a missile strike against America. And they have this big underground bomb shelter about 100 feet down in the ground. Could be similar to that, to that kind of thing with tours of the underground of DIA. Oh my god! I think as soon as you start comparing to Russia, <laughs> I'm not saying anything about the Russian Shit's people. You know, like the Russian people are fine. The Russian government. Mm-hmm. Watch your fucking mouth, dude. Like I would like to live. <clears throat> Fuck you, Vlad. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Fuck you. Come poor, to Govan Hill. You not make boy. it out alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this place is the gift that keeps on giving. And we're going to give you something. Ah, the cops are away now. Don't come now. I'm too scared. <laughs> <laughs> is this bomb shelter remark a bombshell? Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Did the architect behind DIA just admit to the kinds of secret shelters and passageways that many have theorized? Not explicitly. But he certainly didn't deny their existence either. Oh my god. For his part, Montgomery says he has no knowledge of any underground tour plans. I love how just like blissfully unaware we fucking Montgomery is. Yeah. Or he know or he or, knows all of it. Yeah, how blissfully unaware he comes across. That He's man is just a real good. Finally, Fentress hints that there could be more answers, but that we might have to wait until twenty ninety four. There's a time capsule oh, there. That. With a lot of interesting things in it, he says. Some plans, drawings from the airport. This is what annoys me about this bullshit. I'm going to be alive then, but I'm going to be two cuckoos to remember. <laughs> I'll be dead. I'll be dead as fuck. <laughs> yeah. But I want to know now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just dig it up. Just like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to book a flight to Denver International, and I'm just going to fucking take a pickaxe. And Man. I'm going to find it. If it was the Freemasons that made that, you're going to need a really big pickaxe and you're going to need a lot of time. I was born and raised in Denver. I spent more times at DIA than I have with many of my relatives. My father, a journalist, flew... (laughs) That's a really sad statement. That is a bit, isn't it? My God. My father, a journalist, flew on the opening day from Miami back to Denver and reported live on the air for the local NBC affiliate. His bags were the last on his flight to come through baggage claim they were not shredded. Thanks for letting us know, man. I heard almost all of the rumours and theories before. There are more of them than can be covered in any one article. Like the internet itself, they seemingly know no bounds. There's a tunnel to Cheyenne Mountain Air Force Station. Montgomery, do you know what a tunnel from here to NORAD would cost? There's an... Oh, ag? 
there's all ag symbols on the terminal floor. Let me look up what all ag symbols is. All ag. I mean, I'm probably saying it so wrong. What? Gold. Oh. All ag is gold. Oh, is so that like the... So there's gold symbols. Is it gold symbols or is that just like the... The what do you call it? The chemistry it's like thing? The, it's like the scientific table. So there's gold <laughs> oh, symbols. You're so smart. <laughs> there's gold symbols on the terminal floor that may occur a wipeout from Australia antigen. The runways are swastika shaped. <laughs> so this is just all the fucking... This is all the mad conspiracy theories they get thrown out. Aliens or lizard people live beneath the airport. There are buried buildings. There were... The mysterious airplane windshield crackings of 07. Let me see this. I want to see a picture of it. Please send me, show me an actual picture of what the windshield looks send like. Me to another article. Like, I'm okay with that as long as it has fucking pictures. Oh my lord. Oh my lord. Oh, I swear to God. And what about the Native American languages containing hidden messages? A lot of these theories took a big blow when the Mayan apocalypse of 2012 didn't hit, and many more will continue to be debunked as the years go on. And more will pop up, especially with the planned redesign of Jepson Terminal Construction, which I assume has already finished, because this was a few years ago. Mm. But the question still bothering me is if something confidential and even malevolent were being shrouded, why would the architects, artists and designers, all with the government stamp of approval, be so flamboyant in other words if you were trying to hide something would you really adorn the joints walls with leo tanguma's loud murals and then the and then guard it with a giant killer horse why not just send secret meet at the swastika runway invitations for your end of the world bash (laughs) such a sassy motherfucker does the government and its billionaire friends know how it's all going to go down unlikely it is possible there are bunkers and tunnels across this country that a, that a precious few know about. Absolutely. Would it make sense to place some of those away from the coast and beneath an easily accessible high-tech airport that sits on almost 34,000 acres? Wow. Definitely. Is it possible there are protective shelters underneath the Colorado Plains? And is it also possible that those who know about them want to keep them classified so you know they don't become a target? I'd say it's even probable. And I'm not so sure there's anything wrong with that. Whether you feel the same way depends on your outlook. Me, I'll just be waiting for my invitation to that party. They know where I live. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a sassy motherfucker. (laughs) I love that so much. Ah. He's like just like trying to debunk it all, but he's still just trying to put some bits in there. Like, I, st- I still want to be there, bro. Like, yeah, I still want to see it. Come on. It was also just the kind of like they know where I live. It's just like, yeah, I can't say too much. I have already said a lot in this article, so I already know that they are fucking watching me. But some of the stuff about the tunnels, um, I mean, obviously, when you go into the actual conspiracy theories of the tunnels of the mad people talking about the tunnels it's obviously the first thing they go to is oh it's used for pedophilia yeah pizzagate man pizzagate like jeffrey epstein uses it every day prince andrew's definitely sweated in there it's pretty rough man and like we've just scratched the surface of the dia you know yeah as much as we've done two fucking episodes we've done two episodes and all we did is read one article you know like the, the, there's there's so much that goes into about like is this where the president's going to go when the world's going to fucking collapse yep. is, why are they transporting all these things underneath here what are they transporting underneath here who else is there people have an idea about everything you know like aliens and lizard people yes we've only scratched the surface of this two episodes <laughs> yeah we literally <laughs> talked about the surface shit like if you actually dig into the, the cons- I mean say dig in you go and watch the youtube videos of the actual crazies oh my god it's so goddamn entertaining it is it is it's so goddamn entertaining like they take it to the extreme and i appreciate them for that because (laughs) i'm not hey i'm not doing that (laughs) oh man the denver airport i mean i would i would fucking love to go and just walk around and just try and see what's going on let's have a look can we fly to denver right now 
Is there, is there enough money here. in the budget? Nah, dude. Yeah, surely there's enough money in the budget. I don't even know where the fuck you would go from. You would probably need to fly to somewhere in America and then fly to Denver from there. Denver International. <laughs> Let's say we'll go at the end of... Uh, well, the 15th of July. Just Why right not? now, just go tomorrow. Come back then. Um, let's have a look at how much flights are, because uh, this could be hilarious if it actually worked out. <laughs> Can you imagine we just went there? Ah, it's over a thousand pounds. No, Holy like, shit, dude. What? Over a thousand pounds. That's insane. Where do you fly from? Do you fly from here? You can fly from Glasgow and get a, like, stop off. Like, let's see, what's the, what's the itinerary Where on this Where do you stop, boy? though? Like, if you stop somewhere in ICE... Nah, you stop in Heathrow. Um, oh, oh. And you wait the there for four hours, and then you fly from London Heathrow to Denver. Ah, oh, that fucking sucks, dude. So it takes takes a while. Imagine going to London as a flight. It is a nearly a ten-hour flight. Imagine that just blows. Going to London in general. No thanks. Honestly, dreadful. no thanks. Honestly, fucking dreadful. Well, no. I'm glad that this doing this has now birthed the next one. Because for sure we need to do HH Holmes. You know that I've just started talking about that. I forgot yeah. how, how much that story gets me juiced. Yeah, that'll it's be good fun. Fucking such and a because good story. I know only I literally only know little bits about it because real true crime stuff genuinely terrifies me. I feel like see because it was so long ago and like it's not very well documented, it doesn't feel as scary. Yeah. But also it is terrifying. Yeah, like imagine building an entire hotel only the people who visit your hotel know where the their rooms are and the important rooms that will occupy their stay. But then the guy who owns it literally has like littered rooms of murder throughout the hotel. And like a furnace no. where he's like burning bodies and shit. No. Oh, it's fucking wild, dude. It's so scary. It's fucking so scary. wild, dude. Ah, yep, 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 anyway, yep. I hope yep. you enjoyed our little quick roundup of the dia man just um, go go but i'll put that article in there i'll find some other things for you to go and read because i read some other really cool things um gary will find the youtube videos that he's watched and send them to me and we'll just put links in like the youtube and stuff so you can go and watch some stuff for yourself because my god there's just so much there just by the way fuck right, right. i knew i'd already put that on you do yours so i'll fix mine fuck. so whilst uh, craig decides to look at this playlist and <laughs> put a song on that isn't already on there <laughs> the uh, i will i will give you the rundown of my uh, my my picks because oh because they so are my, my picks are all over the place this week i mean i can, i have the video evidence of you picking your songs because i turned that on before we had started uh, I and woke it's up, just you frantically finding songs to put on <laughs> i woke up like two hours ago <laughs> I'm not ready for this. I woke up frantically because none of my alarms went off. <laughs> Sundays. Anyway, so uh, the first song I put on is Pretty Pimpin' by Kurt Vile. I love Kurt Vile. I think he's really cool. Um, he's really good at playing guitar. He's really good at writing lyrics that mean nothing. <laughs> um, but have a hidden meaning somewhere, probably. Yeah. And I just like the way he sings in this song. I woke up this morning and didn't recognize me in a mirror. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm in. You play that funky music, white boy. <laughs> it is real good. Um, yeah, I, I, he brought an album last year that was, or this year, sorry, which was really, really cool as well. I think I put a song from that on there too. Yeah, appreciate um, it. But he just seems to be like the most cash guy. Right, you know? okay. He just like floats through life doing stuff willy nilly yeah and he's amazing because of it um check out the song on this playlist <laughs> cool wow <laughs> yeah wow brain, dude my brain has i've not had my fucking granola yet right you, you fucking leave me alone said that dude <laughs> next song i put on is uh, dimitri by action bronze oh oh by action bronson and um oh, you moved everything it just the, totally the, freaked me out the the alchemist and I'll the do alchemist for you. um it's cracking. It's so good, man. It's so good. I really, really like that album. Me too. I love the album because like, I know I put um, just, uh, just the way it just is. Just the way it is, yeah. And I put that on because it annoyed me because of the for the entire song. Um, but I fucking love what they did on this album because it's just so good. I yeah. I mean, we're we're big like alchemist 
fans here. Yeah, he can he can really do no wrong. He really doesn't, man. Like, like even like he, he has that one song on the new Kendrick Lamar album, and which like I still haven't listened to. Have you not? No. Oh, it's great, man. It's so so good. But the song itself is like Kendrick Lamar and an actress basically just like shouting fuck you at each other for like a whole song but because alchemist produced it it's probably one of my favorites because the beat that's played in the background is fucking incredible he manages to make the most like creepy fucking sonic environments do you know what i mean like i just yeah. love listening to it because he, he just has so many like different overtones that he uses like the right amount of reverb on certain parts of songs and stuff he just creates like little universes of soundscapes in his in his beats and i i absolutely love his production man and that He's song a... that song is just kendrick Lamar and an actress screaming at each other but it's so vibey because <laughs> it's alchemist that did it he's definitely tried you know like he's he's honed his craft yeah he's, um and it's paying off for him now you know getting recognized by artists like kendrick lamar and all that kind of stuff Honestly, yeah like, dude. he's been around doing stuff for people for about a million years yeah because he was on the fucking lincoln park reanimated album was he yeah dude oh God. <laughs> that's insane I, I, I watched like the it was like a documentary interview thing that he did mm-hmm. on youtube and it's fucking incredible just like i think you sent me that hearing actually. bits of his life and like where he started and all that kind of stuff i like it it's yeah. just i've got a lot of time for that guy man yeah he seems like a nice guy too he does which it's never going to make you like not likable <laughs> you know <laughs> The next song is a song that I will recognise anywhere from the first drum hit. Right. <laughs> I can hear that first drum hit on its own anywhere and I'd be like, play the rest because I know what it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the song is God the Life by Korn. Look, it's I grew definitely up... A, it's definitely more of a... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you're just straight into it and you're vibing right away. Um, <laughs> I grew up listening to like stuff like this because my cousin was into it. Yeah. And like she was always the coolest. She is the coolest. Yeah. Um, and like I'm real happy that I got like that part of her like music taste, you know, like. Yeah. So like she, she introduced me to things like Deftones and all that kind of stuff because like she she's, she's older than me and she was always cool. And she always knew exactly what was happening. And, like, we still yeah. have, like, a lot of things in common when it comes to music, you know? Yeah. But Korn was one of those bands. Korn's and Deftones were, like, the two bands that I got from her. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, a weird fear of Michael Jackson for a lot of my early years. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember staying at her house one time and... Remember, like back in the day, you could link two TVs, but you had to watch what was on the other one? Yeah, it was, like, it was like a weird sky thing where yeah. you could, like... yeah. So I remember I was staying at theirs down in Northampton mm-hmm. and she was watching something in her room, but it was the same thing, obviously, it was on the TV downstairs. She's uh-huh. a massive Michael Jackson fan. Right. And like I turned on the TV downstairs and it was a thriller music video and it was just to the bit where he like becomes a zombie. Oh, okay. And it fucking terrified me. Oh, really? I was like a, an actual child, you uh-huh. know, and I was just like, I remember screaming the house down. I remember like just being so out of it i was like and i couldn't think about michael jackson because all i thought all i thought about when i saw michael jackson i thought about michael jackson was that really distorted face yeah, yeah and it just yeah, fucked yeah. me up and then My obviously God. i grew up and he ended up with an actual distorted face <laughs> so <laughs> it's fine you know life mimics art <laughs> but yeah got the life by corn i could recognize that pa, anywhere anywhere it's nuts uh, the next song is Hollywood by Coat of the Friend. It took me so long to find this song. You was, were looking for another song. I was looking for another song, and it was by another person. So that's <laughs> good. Um, so I put this one on instead, because it's a good song also. Um, we've said it a million times whenever we talk about Coat of the Friend. You don't miss. He's just so vibey, man. don't miss. Like, he definitely knows what he's doing. Like, I love his videos and stuff, but it's just like... I- shot of him most of the time where the camera's just like slowly zooming in on his face and he's just got like subtitles and shit that's cool like he's just got such a nice vibe to him i like that guy yeah he's cool um the next song i put on is pretty out there for like this playlist but it's genuinely what i listen to most of the time because i'm just i act cool on this podcast and then i listen to like really dorky white guys just (laughs) singing songs about being sad 
<laughs> the song's called Make a Picture by Andrew Bird. It's off his new album that came out on Friday. Uh-huh. Um, it seems, what I quite like about Andrew Bird is his music seems thrown together but well thought out. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, just like he plays the violin and stuff. It's pretty nice. Like, uh-huh. The way he writes music, or the way sorry, the way he writes lyrics is very informal and prose-like. Oh, okay. Um, and I quite enjoy that. I, like most things that I listen to and most things that I read are generally more kind of informal and prose. Yeah. Um, like, and it just it, because I was rubbish at writing and reading when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And like failed English and stuff. Um, I didn't fail it. I got a really bad grade, but I might as well have failed it. Um, <laughs> it it was always hard for me to read things that were written down in like a really formal way, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I just I really struggled with it because it was almost like the words were making me feel stupid, even though I know every single word. I'm like, there's something behind this that I'm missing. Yeah, like they're so alien. Where something feels like a conversation that I'm gonna get one half of. Like yeah. I can. I make it up in my head like yeah Shanna bought me a book the other week I can't remember the girl's name now I feel terrible but like it's a really really cool book it's basically poetry prose and short stories all in one right okay but they all seem to come from like the same thing so it's like there's a poem uh-huh. there's like a bit of talking about why or what the poem is and then there's the story that goes along with the poem ah. which is one of the things I love about reading and writing yeah it's like I I got loads of poetry books, um, but I like to read the poet the the, po- the poems like out of context, but right? Because I like to make it up on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then because I'm trying to make it up on my own, I'm like, mm, that's not right. Not no, it's it. not. Yeah. Like, so I, it's good to have like the, the context. The context of it is really yeah, fucking nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's it's been quite fun just to kind of flick through and read it. It's really that's it's cool. a really dirty book as well, but it's like it's quite good. Like, well, like it was found in a bin, or like no, it's no, filth. no, it's filth. Okay, it's, it's smutty. Nice, uh, but it's really good. It's like a whole fucking like chapter on fingering. Like it's it's just a this fun just rock book. solid fucking reading yeah. that book. Yeah, it's pretty good. But <laughs> Andrew Bird's new album, I haven't listened to all of it. I let Make a Picture was one of the first singles off it, and it's really fucking nice. It's okay. just cool. That's fair, man. Uh, all of mine are kind of the same vibe, I guess. So the first song I put on is "Vengeance" by Denzel Curry, featuring JPEG Mafia and Zilla Kami. Uh, this is off of his Taboo album. I, I mean, I I always liked Taboo, but I've like kind of went back to it quite recently, and just like I really, really, really fucking like that album. It's just very like theatrical and very, it's very aggressive. Um, I really like it, man. And this song. JPEG Mafia just like he's so different in so many different songs and in this one he's like I don't know he kind of reminds me of like the guy from Block Party just by the way he's like pushing his voice alright it's okay. so strange man but he's just his lyricism and stuff he's just incredible and the beat's awesome as well Um, ah, just Denzel Curry do you know what I mean Yeah. the next song I put on is Crime Pays by Freddie Gibbs and Madlib love this song off of the Bandana album just like one of the greatest fucking pairings of all time. So you've got Bandana and Pinata by Freddie Gibbs and Madlib. It's just one of the fucking top tier pairings of hip hop. And we album, spoke about the bromance that happened like on the last VR. I love that so much. <laughs> it just it's so fucking wholesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell that they're like proper fucking pals, brothers through and through. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and Crime Pays is just a fucking banger. Absolute ripper. Like, F- Freddie Gibbs is another guy that you like to listen to and pretend that you're a fucking drug dealer. It's like what I was saying about Pusha T. Like, you listen to him and you pretend you're a drug dealer. Freddie Gibbs is the exact same. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Next song I put on is uh, Twins by Big Pun featuring Fat Joe. This song... I also fucking love this song. It's a fucking banger, man. It is so goddamn good. And just another, like, dip into the fact that we've just talked about um, JPEG Mafia. JPEG Mafia in one of his songs, actually, I didn't catch it the first couple of times I listened to it, but I can't remember what song exactly is. I think it's off his new album. He says, um, Big Pun, Fat Joe, they twins. And I didn't quite catch it the first couple of times I listened to it, and then I heard it again. I was like, oh, is that just, like, a fucking straight reference of the... Uh, the twin song, it's just a fucking banger. It's a proper throwback because this was like a 90s album, right? Capital Punishment. 
has to be yeah 1998 so it's just a proper throwback hour and 12 minutes long you know how i hate long albums but it's just got so many good songs on it and i like that it has skits in it like i miss skits in albums i think skits are fucking so dumb yeah it's why it's quite funny when you listen to like your old Rug, because he has a couple of skits in there yeah. with Anthony Jeselnik, yeah. who I don't actually like as a comedian, but I like all he's got skits because he's got a good radio voice. <laughs> oh, he does. He does. So he's got, like, Black Thoughts on it from The Roots, Wyclef Jean's on it, you've got this song with Fat Joe, there's just so, like, last song's got Busta Rhymes on it, there's just so many good artists on this album. Big Pun, unfortunately, died pretty young, so I feel like this was like his kind of this was like the album the big pun album capital punishment but you already know there could have been so much more come out of him yeah and just like it might not have quite hit that peak but unfortunately he had like a fucking heart attack because he was so goddamn fat and he died next song i put on is faucet by errol sweatshirt off of i don't like shit i don't go outside (laughs) still love the name of that album this this is just like it's the it's the pace of this song that i really like the way mm-hmm. the drums come in and the drums are dead distorted and it's just really slow and then like arrows flow over it oh it's it's so good man like i just i really really like this song and again like we could talk for hours and hours and hours about the lyricism of Errol sweatshirt he's just a fucking genius two weeks in a row i put a song on that is either Errol sweatshirt or features Errol sweatshirt yeah. he's just top tier for me when it comes to lyricism and um flows because he's different in so many different songs that he does and it's cool now like that he's older as well like he's really grown into himself which mm-hmm. is quite nice he's super wise um, yeah he's he's a very smart human being yeah dude and the last song i put on is a song called ask anyone by an artist called lace which features aesop rock and homeboy sandman this is a very like <clears throat> this is a very I we love and miss MF Doom song because yeah. I think this was this was brought out just a couple of months after he died, and it's really because Aesop Rock has been on a couple of MF Doom songs or the other way around, so they kind of knew each other, and it's just like a, a nice um what's the word I'm looking for, like homage yeah, yeah. to MF Doom, and it's just it's a re- and the actual song itself is really really good, like the beat's really bizarre. Again, the lyricism is just amazing. Aesop Rock is like. He's he's another one who's just like he can weave a fucking story. Yeah, he's he's cool. He's got a really nice like voice to listen to and yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also didn't realize I did not know he was white. He is very white. <laughs> yeah, he's very very <laughs> it wasn't, white. It wasn't until pretty recently I found out that he was white. But, uh, <laughs> so those are my my five good old bangers for this week. Well, there we go. So we fucking did it, we did dude. it? We so got through it. This episode will be coming out while Gary is on holiday. So I have record. We've recorded this ahead of time, so it might feel a bit out of whack because we're recording this on like was it the fifth or something today? Yeah, but it's not going to be out for like two weeks. Over over a week. Yeah. <laughs> so it might feel a bit out of whack, but we will be back to like regularly scheduled programming. And your boy will be a uh, golden brown. You're gonna be so class. goddamn tan. Can't wait. Unbelievable. Well, thank you very much for listening. We love you loads, and I love you. I love you, man. Bye. Bye. Bye.